Welcome to Haven Today at Christmas time. As we launch another Christmas season together, we just had to hear Joy to the World from John Rutter and the Cambridge Singers. It's a holiday week here in the United States, technically yesterday, the holiday, but for some, the day after Thanksgiving is a second holiday, Black Friday. Retail business trying to cash in with mega deals for those getting a jump for their Christmas shopping. It's a big business. Well, there's nothing wrong with buying something on sale, but Black Friday is not a holiday, nor should it be. In English, the word holiday is a combination of two words, holy and day. Biblically, holy means set apart. Now, in the secular world, every nation sets apart certain days for its citizens to remember, to honor something that matters. Well, what about God's set-apart people? This is our identity in Christ, not just on certain days, but every day. We are called to serve Christ with an undivided mind and heart and with our eyes set on Him. I'm Charles Morris, and this is Haven Today in a program called Thy Kingdom Come. In the next few minutes, we're going to think about a real holy day. Not Thanksgiving, not Black Friday, not even Christmas. On this program, we're going to look back in the Old Testament to the book of Exodus and that great event called Passover. And this holiday has been celebrated by Jews ever since their great exodus from Egypt. But did you know that God asked children to remember it as well? Stay with me as we think about the Passover and how it leads us to Christ. And then after the program, I'd like to send you the Kingdom of God Bible storybooks, one for the Old Testament one for the new, for your minimum gift to Haven Today. And I recently asked Tyler Van Haltren, who wrote these two volumes, how the kingdom of God points children to Christ. The Old Testament volume is is 400 pages, so it was quite uh, a journey through Scripture. But then when we get to the New Testament, I was thinking, how can I transition this really well? And then I looked at the Gospels and said, they've they've done all the work for me. Here comes, here's Jesus Christ, the son of Adam, the son of David, the seed from Abraham. And he ties the, the genealogy just leads right into who the, who is Jesus? He's the promised king. He was the king who everyone has been longing for through all the, the long Old Testament, through their wilderness years, through their exile. This is the one they've been longing for. And so I bridged that gap by taking some some little images from the Old Testament of of this one who would promise one who would crush the serpent, the promised child from Abraham, and pointing it right to Jesus. Tyler Van Haltren, sharing how the Old Testament points to Christ, and the New Testament reveals Christ as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And you'll find this theme in his The Kingdom of God Bible storybooks. He'll be back to read from his Old Testament storybook in a moment. But then after the program, I want to send you this special two-volume set for a minimum gift to the ministry. And if you're looking for a Black Friday deal today, when you get these two cloth-covered hardbacks that come in a really nice slipcase, we'll include, at no extra cost, the digital audio storybook that you can download and listen with the kids in your life. Our website to come to after the program is haventoday.org. haventoday.org. Take a look at the vivid illustrations there and make your gift. Or... Call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And if you just want the New Testament version of the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook, we have that for your gift as well. 
And now, since it is getting ready for Christmas, here's Christy Knuckles. O come, O come, Emmanuel. O come, O come, Emmanuel. And ransom captive Israel. That moans in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee.
call the thrill of hope. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Christy Knuckles opening our program. I'm Charles Morris, Thy Kingdom Come. And it is Black Friday weekend. Big business here in North America as Christmas shopping kicks into high gear. Even the NFL is getting in on the action, scheduling a first-ever Black Friday football game. It's funny how Black Friday is almost treated like a holiday, but it's not. A holiday used to be a holy day, a day set apart for the worship of the Lord, or to remember something special that the Lord had done. In the secular world, every nation sets apart certain days for its citizens to remember or honor something, to make sure the nation never forgets something core to its identity. That's a pattern we first see in the Bible. God sets aside one day out of seven. And then there are certain days of the year which God set apart, and we read about the first and arguably the most foundational in Exodus 12. It is a holy day, commemorating a specific day in history. And it's a reference point, an identity marker, that shows up over and over and over again throughout the Old and New Testaments. I'm talking about Passover. The first Passover was a defining moment because from that moment on, all future generations of Israel would define themselves by what God did on that day. The day the great I Am showed himself to be the God who sees, the God who remembers his promises and keeps them, the God who saves, who is greater than any ruler, power, or authority. And I find this pretty fascinating. When you read Exodus 12, you see that God instructed his people to make this a children's story for all generations. Moses told the Israelites to observe the Passover. In verse 26, he said, And when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them. Now, I'm going to pause right here. Since this is a children's story, I'm going to turn to my friend, Tyler Van Haltren. I'm going to invite him to read us his adaptation from the Kingdom of God Bible storybook coming out of this passage in God's holy word. Moses went to Pharaoh and said, The Lord has sent me to you, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness. Pharaoh laughed and said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him? I don't know this God, and I will not let Israel go. Pharaoh was a powerful king, but God would soon teach him who the greatest king was. God sent ten plagues on Egypt. Each of these signs showed God's power over all the false gods that the Egyptians believed in. Moses kept returning and saying, Let my people go! But Pharaoh kept saying, No! God turned the water in the Nile River into blood. God sent thousands and thousands of frogs. God sent hundreds of thousands of gnats. God sent great swarms of flies into their houses. God sent a great plague on all their animals. God made terrible sores break out on their skin. Huge hailstones crashed down on them. Locusts devoured their crops. The whole land became covered in darkness. Moses gave Pharaoh one final warning. God says, Israel is my firstborn son, and you must let him go free. If you refuse, I will kill your firstborn son. But Pharaoh's heart was hard as stone. He refused to listen to God. God told Moses, At midnight I will go throughout Egypt, and every firstborn son will die, even of the animals. But no one in Israel will be harmed. God gave Israel these instructions. Take a lamb without blemish, and spread its blood on the doorposts of your homes. 
When I see this blood, I will pass over that house as I bring judgment on the Egyptians. This will be known for all generations as the Passover. And it happened just as God said. Just as Pharaoh had killed many sons of Israel, God took away many sons from Egypt. But not a single child in Israel died because their doorposts were covered by the blood of a lamb. God instructed his people to share a Passover meal together. He told them, Roast the lamb at night and eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Eat it quickly with your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand. This Passover meal would always be remembered in Israel as the day when God redeemed them from their slavery. God told them, When your children ask you, What does this meal mean? Tell them, It is to remember when God passed over our houses, but struck the Egyptians. And of course, the story goes on from there. Don't you love the way Tyler captures the story for children? I do. And I love how he tells the story through the lens of the kingdom of God, one of the great overarching themes of the entire Bible. And when you look at it that way, this story answers three critical questions about the Savior King. First, which king is strongest? Second, how does the true king save people? And finally, why does the king rescue his people in such a peculiar way? And it is peculiar even though it's familiar. Try to hear it as though you'd never heard this story before. This story is a showdown between two kings, the God of Israel facing off with Pharaoh, the Egyptian king. Now think about this. Pharaohs were worshipped in the Egyptian religion. Not only was Pharaoh the king of the most powerful nation on earth at the time, his people saw him as a god in human flesh. No wonder Pharaoh refused to bend his knee to the God of Israel It wasn't just the slave labor he stood to lose by letting Israel go. If he backed down before the God of Israel, his claim to deity, sovereign power, and ultimate authority would be shown for what it was, a lie. And so Pharaoh said to Moses, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? What a very audacious thing to say about the Creator God. And yet... Doesn't that current or something like it run deep in all of us? Our culture sees spirituality and God as something you add to your life to make it better and serve your own desires. It's about self-fulfillment, self-expression, self-realization. But the message of the Bible is 100% incompatible with this way of thinking. The gospel is an invitation to bow our knees to King Jesus and hail him as our Lord. And like the story here in Exodus, some people react like Pharaoh. Who is this God that I should obey him? I'm thinking of a few Christians I know whose testimony started like this. The consequences of their actions and hardness of heart led to great suffering in their lives. And yet, ultimately, Jesus prevailed. In their brokenness, they bowed their knee to him and found forgiveness and life in him. Sometimes God works through means like this until a person is finally ready to hand the reins of their life over to Christ and submit to his authority. But of course, not everyone does. Pharaoh did not. And in the end, Pharaoh only relented and let the Israelites go in order to make the suffering stop, perhaps to save his own skin. He was not bowing his knee to the God of Israel. That quickly became evident. But regardless in this moment, deep down it's clear to all, the true king is Yahweh, the God of Israel. 
His authority and power exceed that of Pharaoh or any earthly king ever. And the second question, how does the true king save people? I'll borrow a phrase from The God's Big Picture by Von Roberts. He says the Passover shows us God's salvation by substitution. That's a really important concept. I'll say it again. Salvation by substitution. That's how the true king saves people. On the night the angel of death swept over the land of Egypt, God was acting both as judge but also savior. Egypt was judged. The firstborn son of every household died, including Pharaoh's. But Israel was saved through an act of faith, a sacrifice, a substitute, the blood of which was applied to the doorposts of each faithful home. Now that last part, putting blood on the doorposts, that only happened once. But God's people offering sacrifices to God, this means of atonement, this is the pattern we see from here on out. Under the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, this was how sinners could draw near to God through faith. But it wasn't God's final solution. It was only temporary. But it pointed to something greater, something permanent. And that leads me to the final, third question, perhaps the one that lingers most in a modern 21st century mind. Why does the Savior King rescue his people in such a peculiar way? And it is peculiar very detailed, very specific. In this story, every detail matters. What animal was sacrificed? That wasn't optional. God told them which. It had to be a male lamb, spotless and unblemished. Its blood had to be applied to the doorpost. Each person was protected by the blood of the substitute, and each person had to partake of the sacrifice for themselves. It was their meal that night, and there was enough for each person. It was a special nourishment for the journey ahead. And the bread was to be unleavened, made without yeast, because it was a meal eaten in a hurry. I could point to other details in the story, but each one I've mentioned points to and finds fulfillment in Jesus Christ. God saves by substitution in the Old Testament, because God's ultimate plan for all his people in all of history was to save by substitution through the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And the blood of the Lamb of God does what sacrifice of animals could never do. Hebrews 9.12 tells us that Christ did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. Like the Passover, the sacrifice of Christ is one we consume as believers. Jesus is the fulfillment. He becomes our meal. And as he even told us in John 6, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So the question for you today is where do you stand in relation to this king? Does your knee bow to the Lord Jesus today? Are you trusting in his great sacrifice for the forgiveness of your sin before God? And for all who believe, this is why we draw near to God through communion, through the Lord's Supper. And the Passover gives us a picture to understand how God has come near to us and draws us to himself again and again as we partake of the bread and the cup. 
when the church gathers. What a picture that leads us to Christ. Oh, how could it be that my God would welcome me into this mystery? Say, take this bread, take this wine, thou the simple may divine. song here on this haven today thy kingdom come as we looked all the way back at the passover well it is another black friday weekend and you might even be in your car listening right now traveling from store to store finding the best deal for christmas and while others are online avoiding the traffic but trying to save some money too but let me remind you that we not only have a really good deal for you today this deal comes with eternal value Now, earlier we heard from Tyler Van Haltren as he was reading from his Kingdom of God Bible storybooks. Tyler wants to help children as well as adults understand the big picture of the Bible and to point them to Jesus. Christmas in North America can be confusing. From Santa to Frosty, kids can miss out on the true story of Christmas, so why not give them these faithful to Scripture, Christ-centered, easy-to-understand Bible storybooks for Christmas this year. One book for the Old Testament, another for the New, 45 stories in all, with vivid illustrations and summary pages with questions for every chapter, 
These books will help you start great conversations with the children in your life that will lead them to Jesus. I'd like to send you the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook set for your minimum gift to Haven today. And here's your Black Friday deal. If you get the two volumes set from us, we're including a free digital download of the storybooks, perfect for listening to alongside the book or while you're going someplace or even at night when the kids are going to sleep. Visit our website. Take a look at the samples we have from the books. You can see the quality of these cloth-covered hardbacks and the special slipcase they come in to keep them safe. Our website is haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or call us right now and make your gift and ask for the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook set, Volumes 1 and 2. Call us at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. And if you just want the New Testament version of the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook, we have that for your gift as well. One last note. We still have the Johnny Cash documentary on his conversion to Christ on DVD. Plus, you get a free digital download copy with us when you get the DVD. Make a gift for yourself. Make another gift. Send it to someone for Christmas. It's a helpful gospel tool to point others to Christ. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next week when again together we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It's ironic. A holiday called Thanksgiving is followed by Black Friday, a day that companies count on to help them make their profits. Mere hours after giving reasons why we're thankful Americans spend close to $10 billion on a single day. It's interesting that these two days were placed together. Paul encourages us to be content. He tells the Philippians in chapter 4, I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Have we learned contentment? Again, I'm not here to make you feel bad about your spending, but it's worth asking yourself whether we're truly content in where the Lord has placed us. Do we value Christ more, or do we value the world's goods? Only one of these can satisfy. You'll see Jesus more clearly through time in God's Word. Visit GetAnchor.com.